0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Well, this segment is brought to you by RedIQ.com. Check them out. They turn static data into actionable intelligence, and they do it very, very quickly. If you own or invest in apartments, go to RedIQ.com. Well, today we're going to talk about self-directed IRAs, and before you change the channel, you <laughs> uh, this is a great tool to invest in real estate and, and to diversify. And we're going to talk about you know, how you do it, uh, some rules and regulations, some uh, gotchas, some things to watch out for. because I think it's a tool for maybe uh, raising equity from folks for, for your deals. Uh, as a broker, it could be a way to uh, raise uh, money for investors to invest in real estate. Um, and for investors, just a way to get into real estate Uh, that doesn't have as many fees and things, if you will, as going into a REIT, uh, maybe having more control over buying some real estate. Please welcome my guest. It's Jason Craig, and he's president of IRA Resources, and he's joining us on the phone. Jason, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, Pleasure to be a part of the show. Well, Jason, one of the things that uh, surprises me, I guess, is the way to put it about self-directed IRAs and use it to invest in things like uh, commercial real estate is that more people aren't doing it. I, I just don't see. So for the people that are listening and watching, first of all, Jason, who is a good candidate? How much money uh, should they make, potentially have in our IRA to, to uh, invest in commercial real estate and think about doing a self-directed IRA?
1: We see it all over the map, and it's a great question depending upon how the client is going to go ahead and do the investment. If it's a direct purchase, obviously, you need a little bit more money in the self-record IRA. In those, I would say we typically see clients with 100, dollars 150000 and above. Um, if the client is looking to do the investment through a fund or a capital raise, kind of like you referenced, then those are going to be a little bit different depending upon what the minimum buy-in amounts are. But we've seen clients do that with twenty-five, you know, dollars $75,000. So it can kind of vary depending upon the deal. But if you're looking to do direct purchase, I would say most people are, uh, have at least $100,000.
0: Okay. And not everyone's, not everyone's going to have a self-directed IRA, so they've got to do a conversion, Right.
1: That's correct. You can do, there's a couple different ways to fund them. One is to transfer an existing IRA that you may have at a brokerage house a Fidelity or Schwab to a self-directed IRA. Another is, and what we frequently see is somebody who has left an old position or an old job that had a 401k and that money is just sitting there. They can roll that money into a self-directed IRA and then make the commercial investment.
0: Okay. And let's talk about the way to do that, right? So you've got to have the money in your self-directed IRA, and then you need a custodian to hold the property. That's
1: correct, yes. So the IRA works like any other IRA with the exception of the investment opportunities. And any IRA needs a custodian to be a valid IRA. So the self-directed IRA custodians are the ones that allow the clients to be able to go ahead and do alternative investing or non-publicly traded assets for the most part, like commercial real estate.
0: Okay. And what's that process? So Jason, let's say that I have $150,000. I'm converting it to a self-directed IRA and I need a custodian. I reach out to you guys. What do I need to do? What's the process?
1: pretty straightforward process. We get a client to complete a new account application, and that that's for the personal information along with a, we'll say it's a transfer form from another um, IRA provider like Schwab or Fidelity. You give us that information, we establish the account and work with the other IRA custodian to transfer over the funds. Transfer is non-reportable, non-taxable. We work with the Schwab or the Fidelity to get those funds moved over once you've filled out the paperwork for us. And that's usually done, the account opening process, the same day the transfer from one IRA provider to us can be done in, you know, a handful of days depending upon um, who it is, but I would say usually three to four days, then the money is in the account and it's sitting there waiting for the client to choose the opportunity to invest.
0: Okay, and there we are. So as the client, um, I have to find my own investment. I have to find my own property, right?
1: That's a great point, yes. So a self-directed IRA custodian doesn't offer advice uh, whether it be legal or tax so what we do is our role is to custody the asset and to make sure that the transaction is IRS compliant so we work with the clients to facilitate the transaction definitely here to answer questions along the way but we don't go with them to you know pick the the property that they're looking to buy they need to work with the proper um, real estate professional to be able to go ahead and do all that due diligence, find what fits for them, and then make that investment.
0: Okay. And let's talk about some of the things that uh, real estate-wise that uh, are proper to go in a self-directed IRA and some that are not. So uh, let's start with some things that are not. I guess I can't put my buy my own home or, or my own second home or something like that, right?
1: That's correct, yes. You can't, um, it's what's called self-dealing or not an arm's length transaction. You can't take your house and, you know, buy it. Um, you can't buy a house or, you know, a building and then use it yourself. It has to be at an arm's length transaction. So know what's called a disqualified party or disqualified person, which is a lineal ascendant or descendant, can use the IRA owned investment. Um, so it has to be for retirement essentially. Now siblings, aunts and uncles are okay but no disqualified parties, again, which is lineal ascendant or descendant. The investment in the real estate needs to be for investment purposes.
0: Okay. And can I couple that with debt? Can I have debt on the property in my self-directed IRA or uh, no debt?
1: That's a great question. You definitely can. So you can get what's called a non-recourse loan um, to go ahead and do that. So if a client doesn't have enough in their IRA and they want to go ahead and get debt or mortgage, they can do that. It just needs to be non-recourse the non-recourse portion means the property itself is the only collateral they can't go after the individual.
0: Okay. And what about if the property now needs some renovation or it has some vacancy and I've got to add more capital to the deal?
1: You can definitely do that. So it has to come from the IRA if the IRA is owning 100% of the property. So you can do that, again, either through a transfer or a rollover like you've done previously. It could be through a non-recourse loan like we just discussed. Or you could bring a partner into the deal as long as it's a non-disqualified. So what would be happening at that point in time is you would be selling a partial interest in the property to another investor to come in and be able to help do that.
0: Okay. So in the first example, I need enough money uh, sitting in that self-directed IRA potentially to cover renovation costs, or recover TI costs, or whatever cost I might have in that property uh, over and above the initial investment.
1: That is correct, yes.
0: And the second option, it sounds like, is something like, well, what if I don't have the money in the self-directed RA? It's just not funded, it's not there, and I need capital, then I have the option of pulling in that, that partner?
1: Yep, you definitely do. As long as it's a non-disqualified person, you could bring in somebody else to go ahead and partner with you to be able to go ahead and do those renovations.
0: Yeah. Now let's talk about some of the the properties, therefore, that that might be uh, suitable, what what some people are using. And one of the things that uh, we see a lot of individuals buy, especially as their first commercial real estate investment uh, severally on their own, is a single-tenant net lease investment. Maybe it's rented to a credit tenant. Uh, Maybe a lender will give you a uh, uh, non-recourse loan because they like the credit of the tenant. Um, And since it's triple net, single tenant, the tenant's covering all the operating costs. So usually there's no surprises uh, on an additional cost, so it can be a property that works well in a self-directed IRA uh, because you kind of know what your investment is, and, and hopefully you don't have these expected costs. Does that make sense for a good property for a self-directed IRA? Am I missing anything there?
1: No, you're not. And we, when we do see it, and we have clients that do that, and they, you know, they know that space, they prefer it, and they go after the commercial clients, and, and that's kind of what they target. Um, but, no, you're, you're dead on with, you know, what we see, what clients are doing. And it's something that people are starting to become a little bit more aware of um, and to the point about the triple net not have to carry out those additional costs. It's something that we see growing as far as an asset class within our space.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about the, the tax uh, advantages of, of using money through your self-directed IRA. What, what are the advantages versus just put, t- putting money in a deal that you've already paid taxes on out of your pocket?
1: So depending upon if it's a traditional or Roth, the tax implications are a little bit different. But the nice thing about the traditional is all the money you're using, you've written off, right? You've already claimed – you haven't had to um, claim that on your taxes. It's money that's going to be tax-deferred when you go ahead and take that money out. And you don't have to take it all out at once. You can take it out in distributions, partial amounts, whenever that time is right, and you would pay taxes on the money that you actually take out at that point in time. The Roth IRA is tax-free on the withdrawals, meaning the money that you have put into the Roth you've paid taxes on. But if that $50,000 were to turn around and grow to a couple hundred thousand dollars, when you start to take that money out in withdrawals, then you won't pay taxes on that at all.
0: Wow. I mean, that sounds exciting. Go ahead and pay Pretty my powerful. taxes on it. And then that money just grows there until I cash out of that self-directed IRA with no taxes due at that time? That's correct. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what surprises me. Why more of this isn't done? It, it's just, it's just crazy to me. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And I'm going to ask Jason to share with us some gotchas, some things that you may want to watch out for uh, if you're considering using a self-directed IRA to invest in commercial real estate. Stay with us. I'm Michael Ball. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial agent success strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or give me a call directly. Today we're talking about self-directed IRA investing in commercial real estate with those. My guest is Jason Craig, and he's with IRA Resources, and he's joining us on the phone. And And Jason, before the break, we were talking about some of things you can do and not do, and I'd like to talk about some of the gotchas, there's always those things to kind of watch out for, it seems like when you're doing anything, especially when it involves uh, Uncle Sam. Um, so l- let's talk about those, so what if um, I have a construction business or if I, I buy a property and I put it in a self-directed IRA and I want to go over there on the uh, weekend and, and uh, work on it, can I do that?
1: You can't. That, that's a great one to bring up. Um, that would be a what's called a prohibited transaction. So there, when your IRA owns investment property, you cannot work on it. You can't go there and paint walls or do anything, fix the plumbing, whatever the case might be. Even if that's an expertise that you have outside of the commercial real estate investing, you personally cannot go do that. Whether you pay yourself or you don't, you're not allowed to do that. Now you can pick the contractor, you can do the interviews, you can you know hire the person, have the IRA pay the the invoices, but you actually cannot do the work yourself. That'd be prohibited.
0: Okay, that's interesting. And what about uh, managing the property? Uh, if I own a property, self-directed IRA, can I manage the property myself?
1: You can technically manage the property. You can't be paid a salary for doing so, but you could collect the rent if you wanted and forward it onto the IRA to make sure that it's coming in. You can kind of oversee it from that perspective, but you can't pay yourself a salary for doing so.
0: Okay, so I can manage it for free, but I can't be paid. <laughs>
1: The difference between sweat equity and desk equity, I guess, right?
0: (laughs) There you go. Um, What if I want to buy an office condo or small office building I want to buy it with uh, equity from my self-directed IRA, and I'm doing that in my personal name, Michael Bull. And let's say I have a a business, a company, and it's got a separate entity, like Bull Realty Inc., for example, Uh, can I buy a property with my self-directed IRA, Michael Bull, and then lease it to this totally different entity, Bull Realty? (laughs)
1: You cannot. That's another great point. So Mm -hmm. the IRA owns it, again, with prohibited and disqualified persons. If you own that other company, even if it's a separate entity, different EIN, different line of business, you wouldn't be able to rent that property to yourself or to that other entity that you own. Because if they were to basically look through and look at it, it's like if you were renting it yourself. So you couldn't do that. It would have to be a neutral, independent third party. Again, you could kind of look at the leases and sign off on those as read and approved, negotiate the terms but you could not lease it to an entity that you
0: own okay and what about you know it's always nervous for people to to just take money and and wire it to somebody when you're picking a custodian for your self-directed IRA how do you know who who is safe and and who what your options are it doesn't seem like there's that many options out there
1: That's a great question. We encourage all of our clients to do their due diligence on the custodian that they decide to work with like they would any investment, you know, and and there's lots of sources out there. One of the things is to pick up the phone, call them and ask a bunch of questions. Um, Find out what their knowledge base is, if they can answer your questions, are they willing to spend the time to answer the questions ahead of time, right, because you want to get all of those questions answered before you get too far down the line and it's hard to back out of a transaction. The other thing is fees. What do the fees look like? You know, is it going to cost you a huge percentage of the investment to be able to maintain the self-directed IRA account? Some charge on a tiered base. Some are a flat fee base. So depending upon your portfolio, what you're trying to invest, one may be more advantageous than the other. And the third is check like the BBB. Go out there and see what people are saying, what their experiences have been with that custodian. I mean, you are wiring the money to them, like you said. you're You're doing that investment turning around and doing something else, but are they going to be there to support you when you have the questions or you need help through the transaction? Are they going to be charging a lot of fees as they maintain the asset for you? Those are just some of the simple things that we point our clients to to look before they actually decide who they're going to work with.
0: Okay. And I guess as a custodian, if you were the custodian that we chose, you would be working with my title company or, or closing attorney to make sure the title set up properly and is the, uh, the title in a, uh, the IRA, self-directed IRA's name?
1: That's a great question, yes, and that's our role, right? We help facilitate that transaction, so we're working with you, working with escrow, working with title, making sure the contracts are vested properly, everything is being done. You're obviously as the client in the loop the entire time with all of the transactions, but we're working behind the scenes to make sure we can get that facilitated
0: for you. Okay, and we were mentioning in the first segment some options of of ways that, uh, that, that properties in situations that work well for a self-directed IRA. One thing we mentioned is you can't put additional funds uh, into a deal if it's needed uh, unless it is from the self-directed IRA. So one of those properties might be, as you mentioned, investing in someone else's deal maybe as a limited partner. So if I want to invest 50 grand or or a million dollars or whatever as a limited partner in someone's transaction, uh, that's a great option for self-directed IRA, right? Definitely,
1: yes. We do see a lot of people that go that route. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. And you mentioned cost and and how they they can vary. What is a sample cost? Uh, Let's say I'm buying a a single tenant net lease investment property for $4 million in California somewhere where you are headquartered and I'm putting a million dollars down. What might be sample costs?
1: So for our fee structure, it's a flat fee base. So what we do is it's $100 to establish an account, and it's $199 a year for the asset. And for us, because it is flat fee based, to your example, it doesn't matter if the asset is $150,000 or $4 million, like you mentioned, we would charge $199 a year. Um, so that would be the cost. The actual transaction cost to facilitate the transaction for real estate doesn't matter if it's commercial or not is $175. Per transaction. So if you do the one transaction, the one investment, it's one hundred and seventy-five dollars,
0: <laughs> and then one hundred
1: ninety-nine dollars a year.
0: That's awesome, and 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 there's no other cost.
1: No, pretty neat, huh? <laughs> there there would be if you wire the funds or those kinds of things, transactional yeah. costs. But the actual administration cost to support the asset for us would be one ninety-nine a year because it is flat fee. Some some custodians charge tiered. So you know the value, the larger the account, commercial deals, the more you would pay. But again, for us, it'd be $199 a year.
0: Gee, that's incredible. So your company's called IRA Resources. What's your your website if people want to reach out to you and have questions?
1: It's www.iraresources.com.
0: How clever. What a good URL. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jason, before we end uh, the show here, anything else you'd leave our uh, listeners and viewers with related to using a self-directed IRA to invest in uh, commercial real estate?
1: I think it's a great tool. Um, I wish more people knew about it. The ones that finally understand how it works take full advantage of it. It opens up a pool of funds that most people think have to be locked up in a stock market somewhere. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, publicly traded assets. And you can use that pool of money to invest in what you know and understand, which is commercial real estate. The, The more that you pick up the phone, ask those questions, the faster you can start your investing.
0: That's awesome, and what a great way to diversify uh, your portfolio. Jason, thanks for joining us, sir.
1: Appreciate it, Michael. Thank you
0: very much. All right, and thanks for joining us around the U.S. or around the country, wherever you're listening or watching. We appreciate you doing that. Hey, and thank you for sharing the show and reaching out to us. Uh, Please follow us and connect with us on your favorite social media sites and uh, and, uh, reach out to us from time to time. We appreciate hearing from you. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial agent success strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com Com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit RedIQ.com.